Writer, author, broadcaster, and now founder of her namesake line in collaboration Revolution Beauty, Sally Hughes is a British beauty icon. Stay tuned as we discuss all of this and more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's like to welcome our guest for today, Sally Hughes. She's worked in the beauty industry for over 20 years as a journalist, presenter and broadcaster, writing for the likes of Vogue, Elle, The Telegraph and The Guardian, where she has been the beauty editor for over 10 years. And it's safe to say Sally Hughes knows what she's talking about when it comes to beauty. Teaming up with Revolution Beauty, Sally has now created her own skincare line dubbed the Jeans and White T-Shirt of Skincare. It's formulated and made in the UK and offers affordable skincare essentials with hero active ingredients that work for everyone. I love that Sally has maintained a focus on demonstrating beauty throughout her career, from ensuring her brand accessible to all, to co-founding the charity Beauty Banks, which provides essential toiletries to people living in poverty. It's truly inspirational to beauty founders like myself and reminds me that beauty can go a long way in empowering and helping people. So I'm honored to have Sally with us today. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much. So I asked my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Sally? Oh my word. Uh, well, like everybody else, um, I would hope, a work in progress. Love that. Things change and ebb and flow all the time. And um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say who I am in a nutshell because that seems kind of entrenched in a way. I, I adapt and move as things go along. I love that you said in the intro I'd been in this industry for over 20 years because that makes me sound much younger than I am. It's actually been over 30 years. <laughs> over 30 years? <laughs> um, yeah, okay, over 30 okay. years. Um, and during that time, um, I've... I'm sure lots of parts of me have remained the same, but huge swathes of my personality have changed uh, massively. And that's the way I want it to be. That's the way I think it should be. I, you know, I love that. You're the first guest who said, I don't want to like necessarily put it in a nutshell. And I think I would say the same. I mean, it's quite a harsh question I ask because it's like, how do you encapsulate you know, a whole life in a nutshell. But I love that. It's actually so true. It's an interesting question, isn't it? It's an interesting question because you should, yeah. you know, self-awareness is good. Self-knowledge is good. And I, I think I am yeah. uh, self-aware. But um, but I think you have to be prepared to be flexible and to adapt as you, you learn, to. I think. And be a work in progress. Yeah, you never stop. Exactly. It's so true. You never stop. And the, And I think that's something we have to remind ourselves is how are we kind of listening to our learnings and growing from that. It's very, very important. So I love that. So I, I kind of want to go a bit back to the roots. So I know you were born in um, in Blackwood or grew up in Blackwood in South Wales. I was born a few miles from Blackwood. Uh, people always say Blackwood because it's the only place you've got a cat in hell's chance of anybody having heard of because the manics are from there. But I was at 
I was actually born in my uh, grandmother's house in a village called Argoid, which is which is near Blackwood. And then I grew up in a place called Fleur de Lis, which is next to another place called Pengam. Nobody who ever listens to this will have heard of any of these places, but that's basically it. No, it's important to say. But I, I would love to know sort of like what was... Um, I guess your first interactions with beauty growing up in South Wales, like, did you have any memories or any fond memories of, of these moments? I was very, very, very close to my grandmother because my mother left when I was very, very, very little and I was raised by my father. So obviously there was no beauty in there. My father would take us to the barber shop all together. So I have brothers, I don't have sisters. So I would be taken to the barber shop to get my hair cut with my brothers. I would wear their clothes, their hand-me-downs. And so there wasn't really that at home. However, my grandmother did wear makeup and look after her skin relatively well. So I would sit on her bed and watch her sit at her dressing table and put on her makeup. Or we'd be sitting on the bus and I'd see her with her compact or a lipstick and I just thought it was magical. I think I just craved feminine things because I was in such a masculine household. And I think in some ways I've got quite a masculine personality. I've definitely got quite a lot of masculine in me. But that particular magic of of beauty and fashion just seemed so um escapist to me because I just didn't have it around me at home yeah and no, I can Im- and I love that fact that you had this fond memories of your grandma I mean it's it's exactly what's the same with me and it's why my brand today exists because of my grandma oh wow really memories we shared yeah I mean a little anecdote but like yeah so growing up um I my grandma used to bring these incredible like Ayurvedic ingredients from India and massage these oils into her hair and while she would massage these oils she would read us stories so like story time and hair care rituals is what we grew up with with her and that's, oh, that's an fable that. in Maine story and hair and and it was it was sort of like weird because it was such it was so um I just took it for granted, right? It was what I grew up with. And then unfortunately, when my, my, both my grandmas passed away, like uh, just at the birth when Fable and started to come because we built the brand from their memories, it was when I really appreciated that and realized, wow, like, that was my first interaction in wellness and beauty was through her. So yeah, it's pretty That's uh, magical. Pretty How lovely. Back, but. That's gorgeous. Yeah, my, my, my grandmother mattered a huge amount to me and, um, and still does. And I, I was really inspired by her. And I think her particular generation of sort of working class mm. Welsh women, it was very important to them. You know, you kind of painted on a brave face, whatever was going on at home, however little money you had, you made yourself look nice um, because that was a kind of act of dignity. Um, and I was always really inspired by that. I loved it. That's amazing. So, so I mean, I would love to know a little bit about your initial career because I've been reading about um, some of those initial jobs and it, it's amazing that you've worked in such a variety of places. I, I read you're an assistant to a makeup artist at one point. Um, can you tell us a bit about that? So that was the very uh, that was the very start of my career, and it was really out of necessity. Basically, I wanted to be a journalist. All I ever wanted to be was a journalist. I didn't have a plan B. Um, however, I came to London when I was very very young. Um, I basically left school when I was fourteen, and then um, came would go to London all the time on weekends and so on to see my friends and my boyfriend. It was just all not a very good situation, in all honesty. Anyway, gradually um, I ended up in London, and then finally I ran away just for my fifteenth birthday, and so I couldn't I couldn't do work experience on magazines because I wasn't insured. You know, it wasn't legal, and so I. Um, because I knew a lot about beauty and was kind of very nerdy about fashion and beauty, I managed to get a job 
through chance, really, um, assisting a makeup artist. And um, I became her assistant for a couple of years until I could get work experience on magazines. So that's how I was trained. But as soon as I could become a writer, that's what I did. And I'm very grateful for that opportunity and the kind of breadth of knowledge it gave me. Um, However, it was absolutely out of necessity because I needed to earn some cash. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's something that, I mean, We've all been there having jobs that I guess were stepping stones to the, the, the bigger path that we want to take. But it was it's without realizing at the time when you look back, they really do add a lot of value to that kind of journey we're on because you have so many learnings from it. Oh, my goodness. Um, I didn't. It really does transpire. It, absolutely. I didn't want to be a beauty writer. And in fact, I wasn't a beauty writer for quite a long time. And um, but mm. because I had trained it as a makeup artist, that's what I ended up doing. Um as a big part of my job. I mean, it's not the only thing I write about, but obviously it's a, it's a large uh, part of what I write about. And that's because really of that, of that first job assisting. So where, where things take you is, um, you know, nothing is wasted. I feel nothing is wasted along the way. Everything comes back in a helpful way. Oh, I love that. It's so too, so, so, so true. So, so then I would love to know a little bit about, um, in your words, how from there the starting of you writing for columns such as Grazia L came to be? So, um, so after I was a makeup assistant, um, I ended up doing loads and loads and loads of work experience on magazines wherever I could as soon as I was old enough. And then I supplemented that by doing all sorts of things, looking after other people's kids, ironing, cleaning, and eventually I started working at The Gap. Um, I started working at Regent Street Kids, Gap Kids. Then I went to Regent Street Adults. Then I went to Marble Arch. Then I went to Whiteley. So I worked at loads of Gap stores. And then while I was working at the Gap, um, I heard that there was a work experience job going at Loaded Magazine. Um, and so I did that. Um, I got. I went and had an interview. It's a very long story, but basically what they were so late for the interview because they were hung over from an award ceremony the night before that while I was waiting, I, I had to wait literally hours for them to turn up. So I ended up no. reorganizing. Yeah. So I ended up reorganizing the fashion cupboard. They gave me the work experience job when they came in and then I'd been there two days and they gave me a job, which is something that wouldn't really happen now. But in those days it did. Um And so I started out on Loaded. I was there for a couple of years. And while I was there, I won my first Jasmine Award, which is the prize for fragrance writing. And when I was at the award ceremony picking up my Jasmine Award, uh, some editors of women's glossy magazines came up to me and said, we really loved your piece. Um, Would you ever consider writing for us? So I said, yeah, I will. And so those were magazines like Marie Claire and Cosmopolitan. And from there on, I started working for those women's glossies and then carried on and on and on. And what happens in this industry is if you've been around long enough and you've been writing for a long, long time, you end up being asked to write in the first person, which is columns, Mm. essentially. So you you write in your own voice instead of in the third person. And that's what happened to me. Um, And so I mainly... I, well, I pretty much always now write in the first person, which I didn't for many years, which is columns, essentially. So it's been a very, very, very amazing. long time. Uh, so, so, I mean, in terms of uh, writing for all these amazing columns, like, do you have like any highlights that you had on that journey that, you know, you like to share? It, it's, it's usually people that I've had the opportunity to talk to an interview for work. So I think definitely 
interviewing Jane Fonda was a highlight for me because she was a real idol of mine growing up. Um, Helen Mirren uh, was a real high point for me. Helen Mirren had personally requested me uh, to interview her for a magazine cover and host her 78th birthday press conference, which was incredible. Her 70th birthday press conference, sorry, which was incredible. Um, That was really great. So it's mainly sort of people who have just it's meant the world to me to get to meet Mm. them and kind of and work together and get inside their brains Um, that's been a real honor Um, being asked to address the Oxford Union was a big quite a big deal for me because I'd left school so young it felt like a kind of quite a cathartic moment to be invited to step into the chamber and debate in a chamber where world leaders and so on um, are always asked that felt like a big deal um yeah. receiving receiving an honorary fellowship from Cardiff University was was a big deal because that's where I'm from. Um yeah, and I suppose winning the CEW Achievers Award, which is the yeah. as you will know, the the British beauty industry's kind of highest accolade really. Amazing. Being asked to be a member of the British Beauty Council, those sorts of things. Yeah. Millie, uh, to me. I mean, yeah, you haven't got a shortage of amazing accolades, which, uh, uh, again, tough question because I'm asking you to summarize a few, but that's amazing. Uh, it's good to hear the, the highlights for sure. And also as a reminder to yourself, by saying it out again, what, what you've done, it, it's good to remind ourselves because it's such a big achievement and inspiring many as well. But I know you also wrote some books as well. So um, as someone, I'm, I'm sort of like, you know what, I'm like dabbling in writing a book but I haven't figured out what, so I'm like more like figuring out the chapters and then figuring out if there is a book there or not. But I would love to know how you started your book, your you know your your your, your journey in writing your three books. Um, so I've just written. So next week my fourth book comes out. So that's um, called Everything ah. Is Washable and Another Life Lessons. That comes out on the fifteenth of September. Um, so exciting! The- Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Um, The first book I wrote was Pretty Honest. And honestly, I wrote it because I was getting divorced and I needed some money. And I had no, um, I had no idea whether it would do anything, whether I'd be able to do it. But I was just in a in a financial crisis because I was getting divorced. And this is back in 2013. And um, a literary agent had taken me on, a big deal London literary agent had taken me on to write a novel based on something I'd written for Red magazine. So they had already signed me up, but I found myself in personal crisis and my novel that I was writing for them was all about relationships and I was just finding it quite upsetting in the midst of a divorce to write that stuff. So I went to them and I said... I'd like to write a beauty book. I really, really, really think there's a huge gap in the market for a beauty book that's about real life, that's not about, you know, making a face mask with porridge oats. And, you know, it's not about high fashion makeup artists and a coffee table book. There's a space in the market for an actual written book that is about real life and the part beauty plays in our everyday life. And um, they weren't keen on it. They said... No, can you go back to writing your novel? Um, so I left that agent and I found another agent and said, what do you think? And she said, 100%, that's what you should do. So I wrote a synopsis. I wrote a sort of manifesto and a synopsis and she sent it out. And I was just in this incredibly privileged position of suddenly lots of publishers were bidding over it, were fighting over it. Um, so I wrote the first book 
uh, which came out in 2014. And since then, I've been with the same publishers. It did so well for them that they've kept commissioning new books from me. And it's hard to think of what you're going to write next, but um, it's incredibly rewarding when you open the cardboard box and you pick out your book from it. It's it's shocking when it's still, you never get over it. It's still such a bizarre feeling to see the book you've written. So, I mean, as someone, as I said before, potentially writing a book, what are a few advice you would give to people that might be on that journey? It's, I'm asked this a lot. And uh, so lots of people say, you know, how do you write a book? What are your tips? to write a book and it's very hard because I think people including me when I wrote my first book want um a trick a fix that kind of makes it happen you know and actually unfortunately the only way to write a book is to sit down and write it and that's the most horrible harsh truth it's so difficult but writers write and if you want to write something you need to sit down and do it and when you come to sit down and do it the key piece of advice I would give you is don't get it right, get it writ. Get something down, just get something down and make it good later. If you wait until you are kind of, you know, inspired by, you know, you find your muse and you and you the copy flows and it's so wonderful and it's so brilliant, that's not going to happen because you just have to get it down and then you can make it great. There's nothing you can do with a blank screen or a blank piece of paper to make it better other than to get something down so write down whatever you think write down whatever's right whatever comes out don't worry if it's any good just get it down and then sit down and make it better but if you wait for the muse to strike it won't happen and you'll never write your book and then somebody else will write your book and you'll be upset that's such a good advice and thank you for that I will hold that close to me as well so that's very 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 timely as well so I appreciate that um, <laughs> but before, we, we will get to um, the, 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 the skincare brand very soon but I have one more thing I want to talk about because I think it's really important in the industry it's personally something I'm really passionate about is the giving back element so I would love to talk about what you and Joe have created with beauty banks and how that came to be So um, I was making a documentary about homelessness with the BBC in Cardiff, which is where I'm from or near where I'm from in South Wales. And while we were filming, I visited a huge, the biggest homeless shelter in Cardiff. And I was sitting in reception, waiting for the crew to set up, having a cup of tea. And I looked under the front desk and there were two cardboard boxes with personal goods, personal care goods in them. And they were like tiny little tablets of soap that you might get in a travel lodge next to the sink or something. Single single tampons, disposable Bic razors, little travel amenity toothbrush kits from a hotel. There were all these bits and pieces, kind of odds and ends in these boxes. And I asked the woman on reception, I said, what's all this? And she said, oh, we bring it in in case one of our clients has a housing meeting or um, a childcare meeting or something like that. They have a really, or a job interview or a client has her period. You know, we, we need to make sure that they have what they need. So we bring these in from home. Wherever we go, we steal the free toiletries and we bring them in. And I took a photo of those boxes and I sent it to my friend, Joe, who is a beauty PR who I've been working with for years who she and I had been complaining a lot about the state of the country and the state of the government. Brexit had just happened and all of that. And so 
I sent her the photos and said, look at this, it's insane. I've got so much product. Everyone we know has got so much product. And she said, let's get all the brands to give us their spare product and we'll give it to food banks and homeless shelters. She said, it's like food banks for beauty. Let's call it beauty banks. So I said, great, let's do it. So that was in 2000, end of 2017, beginning of 2018. I wrote a column two days later and said what we were doing. And it just went crazy. A couple of days later, we had film crews from America following us around. We'd been in every national newspaper, breakfast TV. And then we thought, oh, God, you know, we've got now a charity on our hands. We better set it up and do it properly. And so we're now we now send personal care items, essential hygiene supplies uh, to around uh, 60 charities per month. So we we don't service end user, we service other charities. So we send products to food banks, homeless shelters, schools, mental health trusts, women's centres, uh, women's refuges, family centres and so on. Um, whoever desperately needs uh, hygiene supplies and can't afford them, for people who can't afford them, then we supply them. We very, very, very rarely say no to anybody. So we send out to around 15 charities a week. Um, 60 charities a month and we have been doing that uh, since 2018 well just want to say a huge thank you for what you've done it's definitely inspiring many um, that you know you can create a a charity but a a movement from an idea and then you you know step by step you you build it You, you might not have to have it registered from day one you can like you know it just starts by just at least starting the ball right that's what you did you didn't you didn't necessarily Think of it I mean, as being the giant it is today. But it, we we didn't yeah. we I mean we didn't we didn't want to run a charity. We just thought of a thing that mm. we could do. We could get brands to give us their spare product and we'd pass it on. We didn't think we were gonna run a charity, we had no intention of it, yeah. but but it took on a life of its own and a few months later there we were, a registered charity with thriving campaigns and um an income mm. and an infrastructure and we just had to make it work and it's you know, it's been hard, it's been stressful, but it's been a pleasure. It's been, I mean, I have goosebumps as well. It's just, it, it is, it's amazing. And I, and I love that because I, I'm right now, again, I feel like you're like my, uh, my mentor. I'm like, okay, how do you make a book? I'm also working on making a charity. So I'm asking all these questions very selflessly, selfishly, just to be like, okay, this is very, very inspiring. So just thank you so much personally from, from my heart, because it's exactly the kind of path I want to create as well for me. It's very cool. Um, um, so now I want to talk about Revolution Skincare, collaboration with you. Um, so I know Adam as well, quite well. And I know Revolution Beauty is an amazing company, what they've done and what they're creating. So tell us how that came to be and why you decided to build a beauty brand also within partnership with Revolution. So at the uh, beginning of lockdown, so at the beginning of COVID, as anyone listening will remember, things happened very, very quickly. Um, suddenly, Everybody, within the space of a few days, everyone stopped going to work. Everyone was sent home. Everyone was told to stay inside. It happened so, so quickly. And so all the beauty brands and all the PRs who send me samples on a daily basis for me to test, hopefully for me to write about, film and so on, just disappeared from their offices. And the samples immediately stopped, of course, because everyone was trying to stay safe at home. What was open still were um, essential retailers, post offices, supermarkets and pharmacies. So I went to Boots 
and thought, right, well, I need some new stuff to write about. So I went to Beats and I spent a couple of hundred quid on just products off the shelf to try and keep me going so I could film them if they were good and so on. So I bought a load of stuff and in that stuff was some Revolution skincare. I uh, took it home, tried everything over the next few weeks and I absolutely loved what I'd got from Revolution. So I made a video and said, this is so great. This, I can't remember what it was now. I think it was a um, hydrating face mask, some bit, uh, vitamin C serum, I think, some bits and pieces, and I was raving about it. So Revolution then got in touch with me. Adam got in touch with me and said, we saw your video. We saw you loved our skincare. Would you ever consider doing a skincare brand? And I said, well, essentially, I'd been asked several times before, and I'd always said no because... I was very specific about what I wanted to do. I was never interested in doing anything luxury for some reason. I always wanted to do something affordable. I, and I wanted something that was made in the UK and for it to be cruelty-free. And um, I wanted to have total and complete control over what I was doing. And I thought and people had fallen by the wayside because they couldn't say yes to all of those things. And Adam said, fine, do what you want. Um do you, do you want to do this? You can do literally whatever you want. And so I presented to him my one and only idea, which was that even though it was terribly fashionable at the time to have single use, uh, to have um, single ingredient skincare and for women to be kind of creating layer upon layer upon layer in their re regime, I don't think it's the right way to look after skin. And I felt that every woman I knew was incredibly busy and every woman I know feels left behind by skincare that it's become too confusing. And these are women, some of them with lots of money, some of them with very little money, most of them obviously somewhere in the middle, but all of them will text me from Selfridges. They'll text me from Selfridges or Boots or Space NK and say, Sal, tell me what to buy. I don't know what to buy anymore. It's so confusing. And I think we've just got to a point where women were using too much and being thrown too much information. And the questions I was getting were unchanging. They were, does this ingredient go with this ingredient? Can I use this with this? Which order do these things go on? If I use this, will this stop working? And I just thought, this is crazy. There's more and more and more information being thrown at women, but they've been left behind. They don't know what we're talking about because they've got other things to do. They've got families to run. They've got jobs to run, careers to build, marriages to look after. All of those things are more important to them than beauty, however much they enjoy beauty and want their skin to look nice. Those things matter more to them. And so make it easy, put all the right ingredients at the right levels in compatible products and cut it right down to the bare bones. And that's what I did. And Adam, again, it wasn't fashionable. It wasn't what the marketeers were telling us. But Adam said, do what you think is right. And so I did. So obviously I had a formulator. I'm not a, I'm not a cosmetic chemist. So I was given a cosmetic chemist called Laura, who is just brilliant. And we spent two years doing it. And so we got it all together and it launched at the end of April um, with a 27,000 person waiting list, which is still absolutely unbelievable to me. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, and I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the, the current lineup of products for anyone listening? So if they go, they can know exactly what to expect. So the lineup, there are six core products. Um, there are uh, two cleansers, um, an exfoliant, um, a serum and two moisturizers. 
So in the morning, there is clean sheet morning cleanser, which is just like a really nice, hydrating, simple morning cleanser because you really don't need to crack an egg with a hammer when it comes to cleansing. If you're waking up with no makeup on, you don't need to use a heavy cleanser. Then there is a Placid, which is a five acid exfoliant for you to use a couple of times a week to deflake, smooth and so on. And that has the most amazing ingredients in it. I researched that down to the ground and you cannot buy that serum anywhere for less than 30, uh, that exfoliant anywhere for less than 35 quid. Um, and mine's 14. Then we have um, Must-C, which is um, a vitamin C, hyaluronic, niacinamide, ferulic acid and vitamin E serum that you can use day and night or one or the other up to you. Um, and then there's Gel Quench, which is a gel-based uh, moisturiser with things like squalane, glycerin, butylene glycol in for oilier combination skins, or there's cream drench, which is a richer ceramide-rich moisturiser with, again, squalane, glycerin. Everything's got hyaluronic acid in it. Nothing's got silicon in it. Everything's vegan. Everything's cruelty-free. And everything's £15 or under. Which is just amazing. It's so cool. And is that, what's the future like now for, for you know, your collaboration with Revolution? Is there more products coming in the horizon? Yeah, so, the, so there are more products coming, but I was adamant. Again, Adam was so supportive of this. I was adamant that the core range is the core range. This is how I look after my skin. I'm not going to tell people they need another five things because they don't. Exactly. And so, exactly. and so those... I, you know, we're an industry that's constantly saying newness, more, 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 more. But that's not how I think we should look after skin. It's just not good for your skin. So I've got six things that's never, ever, ever going to change. So the new things that are coming are things that people have asked for that are nice to have, not need to have. So I'm never going to tell you you need to have anything but what I already have. However, there are nice to have. If you want an eye cream, if you want a face mask or whatever, it's going to be there for you. But that core range is what I do every day i love that i mean honestly it's exactly sort of also what with um with my brand uh we're very about mindful mpd here like only need what you need there's so much you know saturation cluttering over choice of you know people don't even know what to choose anymore and while it's great for profit and you know making more money but i think it's about we have to build sustainable businesses that are conscious at heart that only create products that are needed so i think what you said is exactly where i feel um is where the industry is heading to be honest and also for us it's it's better than to focus on you know, improving the current range, marketing what we have and just um, making it a little bit more simpler and accessible for everyone, I think, as well. So I think that's exactly the right way to do it. I mean, exactly. I'm surrounded by thousands of products. Nobody loves beauty more than me. It's my job to understand this stuff. And even I'm like, I don't need it. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And so for an everyday woman or man who's got a busy life, I just it's it's too much people have bigger fish to fry they have more to their lives yeah, than exactly. this couldn't agree couldn't agree more so so before we go into fire round questions um we'd love to know a little bit about sort of you sally your routines for success i mean i know the covid and the pandemic definitely would have shaped a few um yeah different i guess rituals because uh we were stuck at home and definitely investing more, a bit more into our self-care but do you have any like kind of uh, must uh, kind of I guess routines or kind of rituals you stick to in your daily life to make sure you keep your business a success as well oh, I I think it's important to have a couple of things that you do every day that have nothing to do with work so I I work a lot I work 
I work too much. To be really, really honest with you, I have always worked too much and it's problematic. Um, And I have to constantly, constantly say to myself and to my management, look, just because you can write something down doesn't mean I can do it. Just because there's space in a diary to put something doesn't mean I can physically do it. And that's something I have to tell myself all the time. I do far, far, far too much. However, what I will also do every single day is the cryptic crossword with my husband. We do it every single day without fail. So we sit next to each other with our laptops next to each other in bed and we do the cryptic crossword without fail. That's just one thing that I do that has nothing to do with my work that is about the two of us just chilling out. Um, I do that every day without fail. Um, I also speak to a close friend every single day, whoever it is, I will always speak to my girlfriends and every single day because they are after my children and my marriage, the most important thing in my life. And I think, I I think to maintain your friendships is the key to happiness and they are work, you know, they are work. You absolutely need to make sure that you stay connected and properly maintain and work on your friendships because those are the things that allow you to be what you want to be in your career um, in terms of success because without those emotional touch points I mean what's the point in anything so I really make sure I do that I trust their advice hugely I trust their judgment hugely and so crossword with my husband staying connected to my husband and my children and speaking to my friends every day those are things that are non-negotiables for me I don't think I've gone a day without speaking to my girlfriends in decades I love that it's a good reminder to a lot of people um and I think uh, even me I need to make sure I, I give the time because it's, it's hard sometimes also if I also in that vein what I would say to anybody particularly in the beauty industry but actually in any industry have friends who are not in your industry. Like uh, there are so many people in the beauty industry where I feel like everyone they know and everyone they spend time with is in the beauty industry. And I just don't think that's healthy. You know, my friends do, my friends are school teachers. They work in recruitment. They work in sales. They work in HR. They're from lots of different disciplines. And that really helps you professionally, actually. Their viewpoint, their perspective really helps you professionally because you don't end up in this insular, incestuous thing where everybody thinks the same thing or has the same perspective I find that very 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 important for me personally but also hugely important for me professionally don't hang out with only people from your own industry I think it's a bit weird exactly it's so true and I think it it also it just enriches your your mindset and different I guess fresh opinions because uh, a lot of my friends from my I, I studied I studied engineering at university, so all my friends are in finance. And, and actually, it's actually quite interesting because transversely, I can talk to them about, you know, fundraising and other th- topics. Um, and, uh, and definitely can still have some synergy to a business. But at the same time, um, it's actually quite humbling as well to like go to them and say, oh my God, I just got um, the Sephora end cap. And they're like, okay, cool, bye. And I'm like, okay, they don't really care. But it's actually nice to like not necessarily, um, yeah, just have a bit more of a, 
a different conversation with your friends. It doesn't have to always be just about the business. One hundred percent. There are so, there are so many there are so many shared learnings in business yeah. that you can you can get between people who work in completely different worlds, disciplines, Very sectors, true. and that is so so valuable. But also, it's personally enriching because actually, you know, I think a lot of people in the beauty industry sometimes need to hear somebody who's I don't know a school teacher going, "Babe, it's lipstick." It doesn't matter, you know, and and that kind of perspective sometimes needs to be heard. Somebody sometimes needs to go, well, this is what I did today. And what you're talking about is only moisturizer. And sometimes that's incredibly valuable. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so no, it's it's honestly it's these are advices I think that we need to like just consistently remind ourselves. That's why I love asking that question because it's um it's it's quite common to like not stick to these things. Do you ever get days where you're like, oh, uh, oh I, I'm I'm slacking on that. I should be doing that. Um, I mean, of course, we all have days where you know we can get sort of over anxious about things. I'm not a particular. I'm not a particularly kind of. Um, stressy person well I'm certainly not a catastrophist I do tend to be able to keep a level head um, in situations however there are certainly days when um, I get too focused on what I'm doing and I can't step outside of it and so speaking to friends who work in other industries do different things or at home with children or whatever it is is really good for me um, which is why I make sure I check in with my friends every single day love that they're very 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 uh, thank you for sharing these and um, definitely I will personally be doing that now I, I don't do that enough so that's very good advice so now before we go into fire round I have a quite a, a cheeky desert island question for you so I'm inviting okay. you to a, a founded beauty island but I'm being very strict with security and I'm saying Sally you can only bring one product from your line so what's your go-to product uh, um so you know on Desert Island Discs when they get to take the works of Shakespeare and the Bible and so on, um, yeah. can, we assu- can we assume that you're allowing in sunscreen as standard because that's a health product? Are you allowing sunscreen as standard? I or am. Do I, have to- I am, yeah. Okay, okay. So if you're allowing sunscreen as standard, what I would have to take with me as a non-negotiable is um, a-, a body cream, a body lotion, because I would be so uncomfortable and so sore if I didn't have body cream with me. So I would have to have to have to have that love that very very and then um i mean do, do you, is that something you also i was gonna say because one of my hacks right are like oh well you can take all the minis but are you gonna create a minis because i think that could be such a good way to i mean your, your products are already just personally speaking they're amazingly priced so i don't know if that's a feasible option for you guys but um is that something you'd be considering um, mini sizes yeah so if people are listening, they won't be able to see this, but I think I'm allowed yeah. to say this is coming. There's, there's a little uh, refillable travel kit coming that you can uh, scoop your favourites into, take them on holiday, um, and you can keep refilling um, ad infinitum. I swear to God, I didn't even, we didn't discuss this before. I guess telepathically we knew. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, coming. Uh, that's coming for Christmas, I think. Very cool. Well, you can take that one on the desert island because then you get the whole ritual. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now fire round question. First thing that comes to your mind. So my first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? Okay. Do you know who is out on absolute fire at the moment? Garnier. It, I think honestly, Garnier yes. are doing... 
I think Garnier are doing the most interesting, exciting things. And I would never, ever, ever have expected to say that a couple of years ago. I've never yep. been that interested in them. Um, but they are doing, they, they are absolutely at their peak for me at the moment. I'm, I'm they're interesting, they're innovative. Yeah, they're TikTok songs they're interesting. and everything. I'm, I'm very impressed. See, I don't know about that because I'm ancient, but they're, but they're, they're interesting, they're innovative, the products are great, they know who their customer is, the sustainability stuff is really exciting. I feel like Garnier's time is now. Love that. What's a guilty pleasure of yours? A crisp sandwich. What, what flavour? Uh, th- uh, thick white bread, uh, loads of unsalted butter and um, some Walker's crisps, either yeah, cheese and cheese onion or ready salt. I knew it, I knew it. I'm the same. Gosh, we're the, we're the same. I love it. Um, <laughs> what are you currently watching or reading? Uh, so I'm currently reading Fran Leibowitz's uh, collected writings, um, which are great, really, really fun. And what am I watching? I'm watching the second series of Hacks, which on Amazon Prime, which I absolutely love. I think it's brilliant. And I'm also watching Married at First Sight UK, which is another guilty pleasure of mine. I watch every single series, Australian, American, British. It's so tacky. It's so awful, but I'm addicted. Love it. Um, do you have a favourite social media platform right now? I would say, uh, honestly, so old school, I would say that my favourite is Facebook because I am only friends with people on Facebook who I know in real life. So it's like a little sanctuary for me from work. Social media is such an important part of my job that Facebook is a sanctuary for me because I know I know personally every single person who's my friend on there. It's so true. And it's kind of like, it's weird to have that luxury in social media right now, right? But it is that kind of um, yeah, reality. Yeah, it's Facebook so old-fashioned, is isn't it? To, lo- to lots yeah. of people, Facebook is so old-fashioned, but to me, it's the people I really know and trust, so that's why it's my favourite. And from, and from a long time ago, right, as well, it, it, it's like long connections. Because Instagram can be quite recent connections, I feel, but Facebook is that, like, childhood friend as well. well and- I, yeah. I like, I like Instagram, but it's work for me. It's work. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have a favorite quote or a mantra? Don't get it right. Get it writ. Honestly, if you are somebody who wants to write something and you're struggling, don't get it right. Get it writ. You will make it good later. It is the key to all writing. Love that. And my last question is, um, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur or in the beauty industry, what would Sally be doing right now? So my absolute dream, if I didn't do this, I would have loved to have been a casting director. I would have loved to have been a a casting director for film and TV. I'm somebody where every time I read a book or I see a film or a TV show, I'm always thinking of who should play the part when I'm reading a book, I'm always thinking, who would play this character? And when I think, when I notice, when I notice the wrong casting in things, I'm always like, oh, I would have had this person, or I would have had this person. And whenever my husband, my husband writes for TV and film, and whenever my husband is writing something, he will always say, Sal, what about this character? Who should play her? And I'll give him a list of actors or actresses. I would have loved to have been a casting director. I admire what they do so much. It's such a special skill, and I would have loved to have learned how to do that. I love that. That's why I love asking this question because you just never know what people would have been potentially doing, but you never know. You can, you know, this life is full of uh, unexpected turns. And I think uh, I I say that question because it could be a reminder to 
you know, maybe in the future, who knows. But um, Sally, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I would love for everyone to be able to continue following you and the brand and your journey. So where can people find you know, your, the skincare brand, but also yourself on social? So the uh, skincare brand is... Um, at Superdrug and Boots in bricks and mortar and online it's going into Sainsbury's next month Um, it's also on online it's also in online retailers like Look Fantastic Beauty Bay ASOS Natina loads and loads and loads of online retailers Um, and and revolutionbeauty.com of course you could go direct to the source and they always have stock because there have been stock issues we've sold out of so much stuff but at the moment the stock levels since last week the stock levels are pretty healthy again so um, yeah you should be able to go into a larger boots or super drug and it's there fantastic and then your personal Instagram is so I'm S-A-L-I-H-U-G-H-E-S pretty much everywhere perfect well I'll put all the links if you can just go tap straight away and um Sally, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom. And uh, personally speaking, I, I definitely learned a lot. So I appreciate all the wise words. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.